RTI is a lot of work for everybody involved. And with all the extra work that we have to do, you know, because of COVID and distance learning or face-to-face learning or, you know, hybrid learning, a lot of teachers are wondering why schools have to do RTI in the first place. Welcome to Reaching Struggling Learners, episode 25. Today, we are going to discuss why schools started and continue to use RTI. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. RTI, or response to intervention, can be a really time-consuming process for teachers and for the person responsible for like coordinating the process. I mean, sometimes it's counselors, sometimes there's actually a coordinator. But anyway, it is even more time-consuming and stressful for the people that are out there trying to coordinate all the teachers and all the resources and all that. It can be super, super stressful. The hours that RTI or maybe MTSS, if you have, you know, if you call it that, coordinators spend in meetings, it's just absolutely unfathomable. Unless you're one of those unlucky ones who are tasked with this job. So all this effort and time and just stress, it really begs the question, why do we do this in the first place? To answer that question, we have to look back at a bit of education history. Almost 40 years ago, a report came out that scared, really scared, a lot of Americans about the education system. The report warned that American schools were not performing as well as schools in other parts of the world, And that if nothing was done, the United States just wouldn't be able to compete on the world stage in business and science and engineering and all those things. So that really scary report led to many school reform changes, including increasing the requirements to maintain a teaching license, number of days and hours in school, and eventually it led to the development of the Common Core which, you know, everybody hates. I'm just going to say it because that's just what everybody feels. If you don't feel that way, then I would love to talk to you about that because I have a hard time finding good when it comes to the Common Core. So anyway, many different philosophies were presented over the years, which were touted as like the fix for all the problems. And states just kind of jumped at a lot of these programs or, you know, just changes, just changing for the sake of change in a lot of places to try to fix that problem of, you know, kids weren't learning. And so that made for a lot of really stressful years and really stressful teacher situations because the changes weren't making anything better. Kids weren't really making any progress compared to previous years. But there was one 
reliable process that did come out of all that, and that was dun, 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 response intervention. This method actually is scientifically based, and it's something that teachers could use that whole scientific process to determine the best practice for improving the learning of students. Initially, that process wasn't like as formulaic as it is today. The overall process of choosing an area of need, choosing a path to solve the problem, then determining if it worked, it really just described what teachers have always done. For example, when you look at the next standard or skill to teach, you think about what would be the best way to teach it, right? You provide that instruction just like you planned or, okay, nobody provides the instruction exactly how you planned, but, you know, you do your best. And then you test to see if it worked. RTI is actually pretty innate to teaching in general if you really think about what you do as a teacher on the daily basis. The process was formalized for a few very specific reasons. One being that it is actually pretty effective at correcting learning weaknesses when it's done consistently. Who knew what teachers, you know, do naturally works really well? Shocker, right? Another, probably more pertinent to laws and, you know, IEPs and all that, is that schools and states needed a way, a specific way, to determine if a child is eligible for certain disabilities and special education services and a way to kind of try to prevent some kids going into that, you know, the slip and slide into special education. Now, some things like traumatic brain injury, they're pretty obvious eligibilities. That student obviously needs specialized instruction. But what about the students who are just struggling? Where is the line in the sand between struggling and needing specialized instruction? For most states, the way that that is determined is through the RTI process. The data collected on progress going through several layers of intervention is the basis for finding a student eligible or ineligible for a learning disability. Without that data and the proof that schools provided appropriate interventions, appropriate instruction over a reasonable amount of time, Schools can't show that the learning struggles aren't due to a lack of education or a lack of support or instruction. Now, I do want to say in here that it is really important that teachers and MTSS or RTI coordinators understand this process is not meant to weed out the kids who need special education. It's not you only put the kids in this process or this system if you think they need special ed. It really is at the heart and soul meant to prevent kids needing specialized instruction. It really, really, really is supposed to be a way to stop the kids who can, they can use a little bit of extra help, a little bit of extra intervention. They don't need this whole IEP, this whole individualized education plan that goes on for years and years and years and has law, you know, stamped all over it. The RTI process is really to prevent that in as many cases as possible. 
Now, that being said, there is a law and it states that when schools or child care institutions, you know, like daycares or what have you, determine that there's a cause for concern, schools must provide interventions and they have to figure out if the student is eligible for specialized instruction. Different states and districts and sometimes even schools seem to make up their own guidelines for what constitute a quote-unquote cause for concern. But the idea is that when a school determines that a child's struggling, they have an obligation to try to help that child be academically or behaviorally successful. And the way that they help is through the RTI process, that trial and error and trying new things. So the reality is, in addition to being potentially very helpful for students, following the RTI process is, you know, actually the law in a lot of places. As much as it can be a time-consuming activity and really stressful and frustrating for a lot of teachers, this system can be super helpful. And if we learn how to collect and analyze the data correctly, teachers can use it to help get supports for their students, when sometimes for themselves, extra training and things like that, which, you know, that can be really super helpful. So I'm wondering how many of you have used RTI in your classrooms? Have you found it to be super stressful or super helpful? I guess there could be middle ground there. <laughs> how effective do you really think it is? We'll talk more about that last question next week. Hope you join us. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 25. Please leave a comment, send me a message, let me know what you're thinking, and let me know how I can help. I would love it if you would rate the podcast on iTunes. That just helps other people find the podcast. And, you know, I really want to have a listener shout out. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your meeting short, and your students happy and healthy. Bye.